Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for His sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. We have been in Philippians and it has been amazing. The first week we looked at the Apostle Paul and just his legacy. I mean, if anyone could ever justify earning their salvation, it was him. But yet he was a champion for grace, even though he had the education, the lifestyle, the ability, even though he was the most important missionary, possibly in the history of Christianity, counted it all as loss and rubbish because he knew he needed the grace of Christ. We looked at the first members of the Philippian church as this whole situation in the book of Acts was a detour. Paul heard the Macedonian cry and was sent to really establish the first church in Europe in a town that was fiercely patriotic to the Roman Empire. Amid those circumstances, his founding members were Lydia, a businesswoman of Asian descent, a centurion who was blue-collar, and an impoverished young lady who was possessed by a demon. Not exactly the dream team that you and I would pick. We looked at the first chapter of Philippians, where you had the fellowship and the mentoring of the bishops and the structure there with the biblical koinonia, that he expressed such gratitude to these people. And you can see an intimate side of Paul as he writes this letter. Last session, we looked at verses 12 through 19, and we saw the joy that Paul exuded even in prison. And my friend, that is where we're going to pick up today in some of my favorite passages in this amazing book. Philippians is one of the most quoted books in the New Testament. You'll see them on social media. You'll see them on t-shirts. But yet, without the context, they lose their true meaning. And today, we're going to take a look at one of the most iconic verses and one that will give us great encouragement today. We'll be in verses 19 through 26. But before we read, let me just ask you a question. What is your life about? Does your life have meaning? Self-help in America is a multi-billion dollar business. People feel as though they need to buy or experience their way into a meaningful life. Timothy Keller discusses how that the philosophies of secularism are to find your authentic self by just going on a journey of self-discovery and and finding it like some kind of holy grail or buried treasure. Christianity gives us the gospel which as a worldview reorients our whole life and passion, and gives us a purpose because we're part of something bigger than ourselves. Today's passage is really at the heart of what Lose Yourself is all about. Those who seek their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for Christ's sake will find it because we'll find the purpose in the gospel and let God define our life and our legacy. Whereas the pursuit of selfish and sometimes even narcissistic goals can sometimes be more destructive than they are constructive. We're going to look at verse 19, 
but pick up the end of verse 18. Even in prison, he ends with, if Christ is proclaimed, in that I will rejoice. Joy comes from God. Happiness is circumstantial. And joy is a common theme throughout this book and many others. And he says, yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith so that in me you may have ample cause to glorify in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Within this passage, we see the Apostle Paul, again, for many people, a cautionary tale. The man goes on a mission trip. He's diverted away from his original location and goes towards the Macedonian cry in Acts chapter 16 to this new and uncharted place, and he finds himself incarcerated. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just take a quick moment and talk about our cultural norms versus Paul's lifestyle. First of all, we tend to associate God's favor with our life circumstances. We are always looking for the external outcome that validates whatever we do. For example, if you're a pastor, is your church large? How's the budget? Are people coming? If you're a person and you're being disciplined and you're following Christ, you're thinking your family and your business and your lifestyle and your health will always be on the upswing. Our digital world also does not help with this because comparison is the poison that makes us feel terrible. And in many cases, it distracts and diverts our attentions and our passions from what is really important. Paul was the equivalent of someone going on a mission trip and never coming back. Would we consider that to be a life well-lived? Is he living his best life, being chained to a guard in a prison? Frankly, most of us would not look upon those circumstances as something where we would say, good for him. We'd say, man, poor Paul. We hope he gets out of there and so that he can get on about doing what God has really called him to do. We would see this ministry and this circumstance as a setback as opposed to a mission field. He obviously wants to go and be with them, but he says that he's not ashamed and has courage that he's going to honor Christ, whether in life or thy death, in his current circumstances. That iconic verse in verse 21 says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If you're looking for a life purpose, if you're looking for a verse that defines the measuring stick with which you live your life, it shouldn't be wealth. It shouldn't be 
popularity or fame or even experiences. It should be, did I honor Christ with my life? In my experiences, I've known many people who were in affluence and had everything that this world had to offer, yet they were on antidepressants and they were sad and it was really crushing to their soul because in many cases, when you spend your whole life feeling that one particular experience is going to validate you and then you achieve it, that can sometimes lead to the depression and disappointment. Now, sometimes God calls us to be high profile. Sometimes God calls us to be reluctant ambassadors for him. Even in the Old Testament, you see the people that were called Moses, Abraham. You look throughout the scriptures, you'll constantly find people who had a reluctant calling. But yet God used that. That's not to say that we all have to be reluctant and that fame or money are, are, are all bad. It's just that those things are neutral. If you use it for good, it's good. If you use it for bad, it's bad. If you use it for God's plans and purposes, he can do powerful things with it and he can use you amid those circumstances. For example, we don't need everyone in the church to become a vocational minister. Having said that, there's so many times that we twist and orient the Bible to justify our life ambitions, to put ourselves in a point of being recognized or being worshipped, if you will, that we miss the opportunity to worship God with our lives. When you move on in this passage, it talks about the yearning that Paul has, where he literally says, I would rather go on and be with Christ, but my mission and my calling is going to have to delay that wonderful union that I look forward to. I'm going to stay around and I'm going to help out and I'm going to be of encouragement to you. Oh my, what would our churches look like if our elder members had that attitude? What would our church look like if the people that who are into themselves could look up instead of look out? and say, yes, Lord, here I am, send me. Putting Christ at the center of our lives helps us behave ethically, behave compassionately, to spend our time doing the right things, and to loving our families well. Because when our pride takes a back seat to God's plan, powerful things happen, and lives take on purpose. In this account, we see Paul modeling for us a life of significance that we're talking about all these years later. This week's passage is reminiscent of two references in Galatians. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's an important reminder that our lives are not our own, that this is a moment during a, a season so much where we get distracted and get into ourselves. We forget to think about others and we forget to think about the reason we were created when we can align ourselves with God's purposes and his plans our lives can have power and meaning and purpose.
The other verse is Galatians 6.14. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. It's a very poignant passage that just talks about rejecting the need for earthly affirmation. Think about that statement that says, far be it for me to boast. We live in a society that is full of boasting, of self-promotion, of narcissism. You cannot go online. You can't turn any kind of electronic device on, and you might be walking among friends, and we see people self-promoting. It is innate to our culture, but it's also empty and meaningless. King Solomon said, vanity, it's all vanity. And so we must remember that as we move forward. Friend, let me ask you a question. Does your life have purpose? Our Christian ambition should be honoring Christ. By rejoicing in our circumstances, by representing Christ as his ambassador, And then even sometimes feeling that dilemma to desire to be with God, but realize, okay, if I'm here, I've got work to do. Friend of mine, John Massaro says, if God woke you up today, he's got a plan for you. So friend today, don't neglect that plan and do not neglect that opportunity to be used. Set your expectations higher than just having a good time or amusing yourself. Look hard at how you can be used by God to tell others about the gospel, to live righteously, to live on mission, and not only change the lives of those around you, but live a life of real significance. Thank you for joining me today, and we'll see you on the next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.